Hello and welcome to the latest from Seva Sounds, taking its name from Seva Santé Animal or Seva Animal Health, the worldwide veterinary health company. My name is Nick Wood. I have a background in journalism, in television and radio. And coming up in this podcast, we are looking at the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on various international animal programs. Now, Seva supports a wide variety of animal intervention projects and also organisations promoting human-animal interaction involving different species in many different regions of the world. But for the purposes of this episode, we are going to concentrate on dogs. Yes, we'll be bringing you the findings of a brand new scientific study, the first of its kind in the world, into the impact or otherwise of animal-assisted therapy for young autistic people. We'll also be looking at how continued support during COVID-19 is absolutely vital for charities and programmes that promote animal-assisted interventions but are facing financial crisis or even ruin due to the pandemic. We'll also be going to the United States where, as I speak, some of the highest levels of COVID-19 are still being recorded and this has had a major impact on animal shelters. But SIVA people are responding and have stepped in to help out. So let's start with that groundbreaking new study. And to do that, we are heading over to Australia, where SEVA has partnered with Assistance Dogs Australia for some years now. It's an ongoing relationship, and in a few moments, we'll hear just one example of that partnership in action. But first of all, let's take a look at some of the detail of the study itself. It's important to say here that SEVA has not funded this work, but it is extremely important to us because when organisations like ours support animal-assisted interventions, wherever they are in the world, it's good to know if that work is having a tangible impact on the lives of people taking part. Now, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence claiming that animal-assisted therapy does work. But working in partnership with the University of Sydney, Assistance Dogs Australia has conducted an in-depth research project looking at the effects of animal-assisted therapy for children and adolescents with autism spectrum disorder and highlighting the changes, if any, that their parents have seen with those young people. Now, just to give you an idea of how comprehensive and scientific this study has been, let's hear from occupational therapist Claire Dixon, who I interviewed when I was working with Assistance Dogs Australia on behalf of SIVA earlier this year. We did the intervention phase over 2017 through about halfway through 2018. So we had the 80 participants come in for five individual animal-assisted therapy sessions over a five-week period. Uh, we videotaped all the sessions. We got parents or participants, depending on their age, uh, to fill out pre and post standardised and non-standardised assessments so that we could see any changes across the five sessions. We've had Masters of Occupational Therapy students from the University of Sydney do their research projects with us. So they've interviewed parents or they've analysed um, the assessment data, looked at all the participant demographics to look at those changes. And we've just this year had an occupational therapy honours student analyse the video data specifically to look at behavioural indicators of anxiety and whether they decrease um, from the first to the last session. 
Okay, well I can tell you that the paper produced based on that study is in my hand now. It's been peer-reviewed and published in the Journal of Autism and Development Disorders. It's a fascinating document and uh, Richard Lord, your excellent job title is top dog of Australian assistance dogs. I guess mere mortals like me would call you CEO. And, and Richard, one of the key factors is, as I've said, the depth of this piece of work. Yeah, certainly for us. And as you said, it was quite a large study for us. And there was a couple hundred uh, sessions happening. And as you mentioned, they're all videoed so that uh, the researchers could look back over those videos over time. And, uh, yeah, surveying the parents and, and getting their views on, on how it worked with their, uh, with their children. The children felt part of a team and they felt that they were helping to train the dogs and they were doing a range of different activities with the dogs, uh, feeding them, brushing them, getting to do different tasks. So uh, it wasn't seen by through their eyes, I suppose, as a therapy. It was seen that they were part of a team. Uh, working with these dogs so that was the positive behind it and of course um you know the dogs as we know always love you unconditional love there and um, so they just fitted in and the, the kids were working with the therapists to work with the dogs so they, they they didn't think they were getting worked on themselves you know and learning through ongoing tasks that they were doing with the dog uh, improving their skills and so forth uh, in a very positive manner. Well, I reckon it's worth me highlighting the conclusions of the paper and the study. In short, it says that the use of dogs clearly promoted child engagement, enjoyment and intrinsic motivation during the therapy sessions. This, in turn, resulted in gains in the child's communication, behavioural regulation, interest in new activities and community participation. And Richard, it's interesting to note that this comes from parents who have direct experience of a whole series of other therapies with their children. Yeah, well, many of these parents we find uh, in this space are, are very rigorous about finding the best they possibly can for their children. So as you mentioned, they've looked at a series of different therapies that are available. And, um, you know, we've been lucky enough to, uh, as you mentioned, have these parents who have had all that experience so they could uh, compare and contrast between what they've seen. So um, that pointed out to the positive effect of having the, uh, the dogs involved. So, um, yeah, lucky in that space that, uh, you know, the parents had a, a good eye of what they were seeing. They could see the response from their children and could compare that to how the children were, you know, talking about or feeling about previous therapy they'd had. But it's also a, an opportunity to talk to the parents about, you know, being the kids being over-therapised, if that's a word, to... Uh, just ensure that you know things aren't doubling up all the time or being duplicated. Uh, as you mentioned, we're just one of the options of all the different things that are out there. But uh, and we'd want to work uh, closely with other therapists to ensure that uh, what we're doing is complementing the work that is done in other areas. Well, thanks for joining us, Richard. And that paper is to be used at future conferences and seminars, hopefully at the International Conference on Animal-Assisted Intervention, which was postponed this year, but is due to take place in Copenhagen, Denmark, a year from now. And the combination of COVID-19 and the devastating bushfires that hit Australia over the last year have inevitably hit the vital fundraising undertaken by Australia Assistance Dogs, 
although they're still continuing their work using new technologies until they can resume normal services. So in Australia, repeated financial support for the training of assistance dogs with Richard's organisation has continued. It's an expensive business and Saver is currently sponsoring the training of its second assistance dog. This one is called Thor and let's hear from Cathy Woodward who joins us from Siva Australia in Glenory just north of Sydney and coordinates the programmes. And Cathy, as I've said, the way things are arranged means the funding continues no matter what. Yes, Nick, that's right. Um, we've got a contract with them, an agreement, and it goes for two years. We've already paid for half, and so then the second half will be paid in by instalment a little bit later this year. So that's all looked after. He's he's well looked after as far as finances goes. And Thor is a beautiful puppy, Kathy, and he made quite an impact on a recent visit to the SIVA facility. And uh, it must be real payback to your people there when they realise that there is a clear correlation between the work he will get to do and the well-being of the people he will help. It has an amazing impact on all the staff. Uh, it, it surprised me, the people that I wouldn't have thought were dog lovers couldn't couldn't get their hands on this puppy quickly enough and nursing him and uh, he took it all very graciously too, I may add. Um, everybody, absolutely everybody loves the whole fact that we have this association with this darling dog and the uh, incredible amount of well-being they bring when they're placed it just, you can't underrate how proud all of us at SIVA are of that. Thanks, Kathy, to you and your brilliant Aussie team. Let's spin the globe now and cross to the other side of the world, to the USA, where, as I speak, some of the highest levels of COVID-19 are still being recorded. And this has had a major impact on animal shelters. Some are even facing temporary or permanent closure. Well, in Lenexa, Kansas, where Seva has a major campus, our people have come to the rescue by supporting an emergency fostering programme. And I'm joined on the line by Dr. Jay Tischendorf. Jay is Saver's Companion Animal Veterinary Services Manager, who can tell us more about this. And Jay, I understand that you've certainly had no problems finding volunteers. Seva people have literally been queuing up to foster these animals. Well, Nick, we are fired up about this. And uh, Siva. Uh, as has uh, been the case in some other areas where the, the company has stepped up, 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 stepped up to loan its uh, lab equipment to help uh, aid in the testing of, of humans. And uh, some of our production lines are actually now manufacturing uh, sanitizer instead of uh, dermatologic project uh, products. Uh, this was another SIVA uh, initiative where we saw a need to really try to step up and help make a difference for the shelters around the United States where we foresaw that they were going to be hit with, you know, really a pandemic of their own. And that was a pet pandemic where animals were going to be surrendered for any number of different circumstances. Uh, for instance, people that actually had the COVID virus that uh, did not want to have close contact with their animals. In other cases, folks having uh, economic devastation and unable to pay to care for their animals anymore and facing that very, you know, heart-wrenching decision of having to relinquish their pets. 
And so we saw that these shelters were very likely going to be inundated with animals. And of course, many shelters operate under fairly tight budgets. And we saw an opportunity at SEBA to get the word out and ask SEBA SEBA employees and, and members of the SEBA family to step up and try to help lighten that load. And so we've had a very good response just in the last month that we've really been actively pursuing this. A number of SEBA employees have stepped up to become foster parents, taking in some of these animals from these needy shelters and giving these animals a safe home, a safe harbor in this pandemic storm. And uh, Nick, one of the amazing things about this is that when somebody does uh, step into that foster role, oftentimes they assume the full uh, or, or the brunt of the financial obligations for that pet. So it's a very selfless, um, uh, uh, heartwarming story that these SEVA employees have been w- uh, willing to give uh, not only their, their emotions, but also a chunk of their pocketbook to these animals to make sure that they're cared for properly. And that's a perfect cue into one of those responders. Lou Ballard is a companion animal territory manager with Saver in the US. And be warned, in the interests of full disclosure, there may be a bit of product placement here because Lou's a very good salesman. But Lou, you and your family also have big hearts when it comes to dogs because you stepped in to help not one, but two orphan puppies. So tell us your COVID story. Um, well, um, prior to the COVID situation breaking out in Missouri, um, one of my top accounts is the Animal Control Center and Pet Adoption Center and Humane Services for St. Charles County, which is about a mile from my house. And they basically put out an urgent request um, stating that they had COVID positive staff members and they were looking for an opportunity for people to bring take their foster dogs. So we took the first puppy, which was Shadow, and she was a great dog and um, brought her to our house. And she was uh, very skittish and shy. She had been dumped at one of the wildlife centers here in the area, uh, national parks. And so I think what was really crazy was we have a neighbor dog that kind of looks like a coyote and that she was just panicked in fear of that dog. Um, And that dog is the nicest dog in the neighborhood. But we did have an opportunity to go ahead. We had her for about five or six weeks and she learned to socialize. The Adaptal products made a big difference for her. And um, as soon as she was posted on the website at five months old, she was adopted within a day or two. And the family was able to come to our house to pick her up rather than having multiple interactions, bringing her back and everything else. And uh, so we got to meet the adoptive family and give them some pointers and and provide a few uh, adaptal samples for them to utilize with her. Uh, so I warned you there'd be a bit of a sales pitch here. So you couldn't resist using your dogs as guinea pigs, for want of a better word. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I did a little uh, quick 30-second uh, detail on how the product works and what it does and the changes it'll make in that dog you know, later in life with the socialization skills and other things. And then... We got a call a day later that she had a second puppy, and we we got uh, we we got to name him. We named him Sam. I called him Sammy, and he had a broken back leg, so he needed some very tender care. But again, we went through the whole process of he healed up really good. He was able then to start interacting with our dogs, and um, so I think um, the adaptal. When you read the studies on adaptal. We live that with both both shelter dogs that we, we fostered. 
Thanks, Lou, and keep up the good work that you and the team are carrying out there in the USA. Let's have another spin of the globe now and bring us round to Europe and just have a little listen to this. Bonjour à tous, c'est Marco Tolaigne et me voilà en bonne compagnie avec Malo. Yes, these guys are a group of big sporting stars from the Bordeaux-Begle rugby team who've been partners with Seva for a number of years. They are showing off their own pets as they supported Seva's project to help the Terpta organisation to in turn help seniors keep their pets when they move into a nursing home. And before we carry on with another programme based in Bordeaux, let's pop across the English Channel to hear from Dogs for Good in the UK. Saver is partnering with them in various ways, not least on a series of excellent events called The Power of Dogs, which have been held over the last year. Now, the reason I think it's of interest for this podcast is twofold. One, because they are helping to influence the government and local authorities in the UK to allow people to take their animals into care homes, like those rough, tough rugby players in France. And they've also been pioneering a programme to provide dogs for a community dog service in a place called Bracknell with the local council there. And they say they have direct evidence that this is a saving on vital funds and resources for the local health organisations there. Very topical at a time of pandemic, of course. So let's hear more from Peter Gorbing, the chief executive of Dogs for Good, who was talking to me at one of those SIVA-sponsored events. It's very important for Dogs for Good that we really keep doing research to understand the benefits that dogs bring to people, because we need the benefits not only to become really good welfare outcomes for people, but we also need to recognise that actually dogs are probably saving us quite a lot of money as a a state um, because of the health and well-being benefits they have. And I'm very keen to really ensure that we link up with policymakers, people and politicians, people who make laws and regulations, to ensure that they really do understand that dogs make a difference to the lives of people. Because unfortunately, there are too many regulations and laws that come in in this country that often restrict dog ownership. For example, people can't take their dogs into parks and that's becoming increasingly difficult for people to have dogs in urban areas. And that will have a knock-on effect in terms of people's mental health. And ultimately, that tends to lead to situations where elderly people who go into residential care or sheltered accommodation can't take their pets with them. And that's just uh, not acceptable because these are people's family and they're part of their lives and we have to find solutions to this and so for us really making links with those policy makers with healthcare professionals to make sure they embrace that is really important. Back in the Bordeaux region Seva has also structured ongoing help for the Alienor Sudwest guide dog school not just financial help although that is included but a whole series of projects to help the work of that organisation, not least with the involvement of SIVA's Operational Excellence Manager, Stephanie Boineau, who has a new companion, Bintz, who is now six months old. She has been keeping her while she undergoes training for the school. And Stephanie, she was, and I say was, a regular visitor to SIVA's headquarters in Le Bourne. So... Um... The first three weeks, she was with me at the, the office. The people were very excited to see her. 
they were um, very happy to see a dog because it was the first time a dog uh, was in Siva. But after, due to the COVID crisis, I remain in home office and I am still in home office. Uh, and I wait the agreement uh, to come back uh, once it will be possible for me to go back with pins. And here again, Stephanie, there is a constant structure of support. It's about your time, but it's also about ongoing financial support. So Seva already, uh, since several years, give financial support to Alienor. And myself, yes, I can take some time and adapt my work time to be able to do that with Alienor. A guide dog uh, costs 25,000 euros for his two years education. And then it is given free to a visually impaired dog handler. It is very important that uh, all uh, this uh, association and uh, particularly uh, Chien Guide Grand Sud-Ouest Aliénor uh, continue to receive some uh, donations because it is the only, uh, their only revenue. They have no other revenue. So keep up your amazing work. But a final thought, I gather Pince has been a pretty amazing companion to you and your family, particularly during the COVID crisis. So how are you going to feel when she goes off and leaves you behind with her new owner? This will be terrible. <laughs> so it is the first time I do this. So I have no experience at all. Um, I give a lot of love to her. Uh, this to make her confident and uh, to succeed uh, in her mission. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, for sure, it will be difficult. Merci Stephanie et bonne chance. Apologies for the accent there. So before we finish, let's go briefly back to the USA. And Lou, you're still on the line and you watched your dogs go to new homes. But thanks to your added experience, if you like, with the products that you deal with, you reckon you learned some valuable lessons along the way. You know, in this situation, when I see the effects that our products had in preparing these dogs to go home and be an inter interactive part of a family, and and the differences that something like adaptive pheromones make it, it it's going to change the way i present those products to my my shelter and my adoption centers because it is so personal for me to have such a testimonial to share with them to say i know we made a difference and i know when those dogs go home that dog potentially won't get returned because of behavioral issues and the adaptal was the difference and the love and care that we gave that dog for anywhere from, you know, we had them for anywhere from five to eight weeks on the two dogs um, made a difference in that dog and for that family. So, and these were very young pups. So those families will probably have those dogs for 10 to 15 years. And Jay, you're still there also. Dr. Jay Tischendorf, Siva's Companion Animal Veterinary Services Manager. A final word from you. And you reckon that not all those dogs will actually be leaving for new homes. Well, that's the, the hidden secret of this uh, is that, uh, you know, the good news, Nick, is many of these folks that are stepping up to become foster parents or foster families, I think are going to find themselves becoming adopting uh, parents or families uh, fairly quickly. It's, it's hard not to get too attached to these crazy critters that we're bringing into our homes. I've seen some, some wonderful stories. Um, 
And uh, indeed, many of the many of these folks really do decide fairly quickly that, hey, we're not just going to become a foster family. We're going to adopt this dog or this cat uh, and give it a lifetime home here with our family. And that's that's the magic of this. And of course, others are going to, uh, you know, return their animals when the time comes and, and help them find a, a foster a, a, a family of their own forever. And I have to say, you know, our, our own Dr. Mark Prakoski talks about Siba DNA, and I do think it's it's initiatives like this and, and ideas like this that really are part of our DNA, and we're such a nimble company that uh, some of these ideas can find legs very, very quickly and start having a significant impact uh, on short notice, and such was the case with this um, uh, project. It really was a, a, a short notice uh, effort, and it really has ramped up and, and gotten some legs, and it's out there sprinting across the the playing field right now as, as we talk great stuff can i just say before we finish i have so much enjoyed putting this podcast together looking at so many positive stories during these difficult times we've only really scratched the surface of the projects that savor is supporting in the field of human animal interaction in scandinavia we've been partnering with a project that's been doing some amazing work looking at the importance of well-being in dogs that are used for assistance projects also in france savor has been supporting handy chien dedicated to providing dogs for children and adults facing various challenges. So I have thoroughly enjoyed compiling this particular podcast. It's so great to hear so many positive stories during such a challenging time. So uh, we hope you'll listen out in the future for future Saver Sounds broadcasts. But for the time being, thanks for listening. <laughs>